This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Being that this week we have an entire week of slichas, it's uh, worthwhile to try to spend some time discussing some of the halachas that are very relevant to uh, slichas. So the first halacha that you have to know, again, this is all found in the Matef Ephraim, but it's really found earlier, that a person is supposed to recite Berchas HaTayra before he says Slichas. Even though you can argue that although you'll be saying Psukim in the Slichas, you're not saying it for the purpose of learning, you're saying for the purpose of, dav- purpose of davening. Nonetheless, the Matafraim writes this way, and this is the accepted practice, that one should say Berchas HaTayra before he says Slichas. We know the main, main part of Slichas by far is the Yud Gimel Midas. That's the part that you need to say Betzibu. We touched upon it a little bit last night. So the Mepharshim do point out that a person should try to stay on pace with the Tzibur, to always be together with them at the Yudgimomidus, to say that together, because that is the Dovah Shebekdusha, and it needs to, say, needs to be said together with Tzibur. But if you can't keep pace with the Shul, many Pais can say, then go at your own pace. Obviously, try your best to find the Shul that's your pace, but you're not Mechoyi to speak with the Slichas just to catch up to them, to be with them. You should say Slichas, much like we talked about for Kinnis. It should be said slowly, properly, trying to understand as much as you can possibly take out of it. The minig is that the Baal who run, who says the slichas wears a talus. That's based on the Gemara Rosh Hashanah that Kosh Baruch Hu Kaviyocha wears a talus. The problem is if you daven very early, how do you work it out? So we don't have a problem here because the earliest talus is 542 and we're starting slichas at 545. So we're okay. But there's a whole shayla like we had last night. How do you wear the talus if it's still considered lila? But we don't have that problem because we have slichas already after the Zman. Many people have their own practice that they themselves put on their talus when uh, they say slichas, to the best of my knowledge, I don't believe there's any source for that. Um, you don't have to wear your talis and tefillin to say slichas. Many people do. Al I don't believe you have to. Some people wear a talis and they put it over their head, but that might be for a different reason. Because as we pointed out, the Gimel Midas is a Dovah Some parties can hold it. Whenever you recite a Dovah you should have a head covering, either a hat or your talis over your head. So I believe that's why some people put on their talis for slichas. But the only one who really needs to wear a talis for slichas is the Baal And the parties can even write, if for whatever reason you don't have a talis, you still should continue the slichas despite ha- not having the talus. The Matafraim does bring down a practice. He writes, it's correct to stand for the entire slichas, for the entire slichas from the beginning till the end, if you can. He says if you can't, uh, you have back problem, other issues, then you have to stand at least for the Yedgimel Midas and for the Vidur. But he does write, it's proper to try to stand for the entire duration of the slichas, even, even though some place can write that from Zechar HaMecha and Tosh that part you can sit for, but the Matafraim says, try to stand as much as you can stand. There is a minhug, and it's not clear where it comes from. It's not in the Matafraim that there's a minhug that when we say certain pismoinim or even shmakaleinu, we open the Aaron Kaidish. If you look in the Matafraim, he does not say anything about opening the Aaron Kaidish. And actually, I was uh, happy to see that in the minhug tells, I have the sefer that goes to the Merhagim of tells, in tells, they do not open the Aaron Kaidish. For Shmakilenu, but in the safer minig of Tarvidas, when I was Yeshiv in Shara we always opened the Aaron Kodesh for Shmakilenu. That was typical practice, but it is not found in the Matter Ephraim. So it's interesting who started it and when it started, it's not clear to me, but it's not even done in all places. Many shuls do not open the Aaron Kodesh for Shmakilenu. The Magen Avram does bring down a practice which used to be very popular. 
that people would fast on this Sunday. The Sunday of Slichas, many, many people used to have a practice to fast. Today we don't fast more than we have to because it's very difficult to fast. So they bring down other Eitzahs, maybe she'll learn extra Gemara, learn Torah, in the place of the fast. But uh, about 200 years ago, this was a very accepted practice to fast on this Sunday, opening day, so to say, of Slichas, usually was associated with a Yom Hatainus. If you look at the Mat Ephraim again, he brings down the Minog that during Shema Kaleinu, you say it line by line. The Shleach Tzibah says the first line, and then you say the next line until, until you get to the last line of Al Tashlechenu. That's the way it's recorded in the Mat Ephraim. What is interesting, there's a commentary in the newer Mat Ephraim, it's called the Ktseya Mate. The Ktseya Mate was written by Chaim Tzvi Ehrenreich. Chaim Tzvi Ehrenreich lived 1872 until 1936, he was an Hungarian. So there in this footnote to the Mata Ephraim, the Mata Ephraim came out in 1834. He lived after that. So he writes the following. He says that there's a minug to say the Pasuk Yehila Ratzon Imrefi quietly. If you open up the Nusach Svard uh, version of the Slichas, it says in parentheses, quietly, Yehila Ratzon Imrefi should be said quietly. Now if you look in the Mata Ephraim, he doesn't say a word about this. But in this, on this Reb Chaim Tzvi Ehrenreich, a later commentary, he writes there was a minute to say this quietly, and he doesn't tell us why. He just says there was such a minute. And then he writes that in uh, Poland, they, did, they used to say it out loud. He lived in Hungary. So in Hungary, the minute was to say, Yehila Ratzon, quietly. But he says in Poland, they used to say, Yehila Ratzon, out loud. Now already, when our school printed the Slichas, so they write, write, write for a given, you say this line quietly. The question is why? Why should this pasuk Yehila Ratzon Emirfi be recited quietly? So I found the tshuva from Reb Shimon Seifer. It's tricky because there's two Shimon Seifers. This Reb Shimon Seifer was the was the son of the Kesav Seifer. The Kesav Seifer was the son of the Chesam Seifer. He had ten children, so he had a son. The, he had a son, Reb Shimon Seifer. Reb Shimon Seifer was one of the youngest children of the Kesav Seifer. He was married three times to Kesav Seifer. He had fifteen children in total. Most of them did not survive either the Holocaust or just natural, because they were already older when the Holocaust broke out. So the Ksav Seifer's son, the Seiris Bichuva, his name was Reb Shimon Seifer. He was Taka a Rav in Hungary, unbelievable. He was a Rav in Hungary for 64 years, until 1944, when the Nazis invaded Hungary, and they took over, and he was sent to Auschwitz and Chafal of Siv. In June 2nd, 1944, he was presumably gassed in Auschwitz with the rest of his family and his Kehillah. But he was rough for 64 years. He was a Rav in Hungary. Pretty amazing. So he has a sefer called the Serious Mitchuva, where he has Shailas and Chuvas. So in that sefer, he suggests a possibility. He says, why Taka? Again, he lived in Hungary. Why Taka? Don't we say, So he says the following. He says, there's Aloch and Shulchan Aruch. The Mechaber brings it down. It's a Mekuv Tezayin. That when you have Psukim in the Navi and the Tehillim that are said in a certain text, either Rabbim or Yachid, you don't have the right to switch it. So he points out, if you look at this Pasuk, Yehila Ratzon and Mefri, this is not the real way the Pasuk appears. Yehila Ratzon and Mefri, the way we bring it down is Yehila Ratzon Imri Finu, Vehegen Libenu. That's not the real Pasuk. If you look up the real Pasuk, it's in the singular. Yehila Ratzon Imri Fi, Vehegen Libi. It's in the singular. We switch it to the to the tzibur, we switch it to the plural. He says, since you were switching it and you're not allowed to do that, that's why we say it quietly. So therefore, says Rabbi Shimon Soifu, the reason why this Pasuk is recited quietly, because this Pasuk is not the right way to say the Pasuk. This Pasuk is the wrong tense. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be rabim, it's supposed to be singular. We switch it to plural, so that's why we say it quietly. Very nice pshat. There's only one very big kasha on his pshat which in the footnote of his Sefer, they bring up this Kasha, his son, who later survived, he had, I think, one or two surviving children. The problem is, look at the other Pesukim in Shema 
If you're familiar with Tehillim, and not that I am, but I just saw this kasha brought down. If you look at the other psukim, Al If you look up in the, in the Tehillim, that's not the way the pasuk appears either. It's also in the singular. It's also Al and we changed it to the plural. Same thing with the next pasuk. Al No, that pasuk doesn't appear that way in Tehillim. It's also in the singular, and we switched it to the plural. So why pick with this pasuk more than the other psukim? So it's a very schwer pshat from Rib Shimon Seifer to try to explain this minute. The other pshat that I saw, which makes a little bit more sense perhaps, was from Rib David Kohn, famous Rib David Kohn from Brooklyn. He suggested the following. He said that we know the slichas is supposed to mimic a, a small davening. That's why we start with an ashray, we have a tachron at the end. It's supposed to be like a mini davening. So he says, in davening, what's the main, you know, the main part of davening is the Shema Nesre. So he wants to say, Shema Kileinu is like the Shema Nesre. And just like at the end of the Shema Nesrei, we say, quietly. And that's the way we end the Shema Nesrei. So that's the way we end Shema Kaleinu. The problem with that shot is that's not the end of the, of the, of the Pismain. We still say, So if Yehila Ratzon would be the end of the Pismain, okay, I can hear his shot. That's not the way it is. The pismen doesn't end with Yehila Rosa. There's still another two, three stanzas involved. So uh, it's a good kasha to where exactly or why exactly the minig became. Again, it wasn't always the minig. Even, the, even Reb Ehrenreich points out that in Poland this was not the minig. This was an Hungarian practice. But today it became widely accepted. Again, it's interesting. They bring down that in Bells they don't do it that way. In Bells, they talk do say this uh, Yehila Rosa out loud. They don't do it quietly like most of us. But it's not an interesting thing. Why exactly has the practice become? To say the Hilu Ratzon quietly, why is it different than all the other Psukim, seems to still be some form of a mystery. And again, the impression you get when you read the Matafraim is not like that. The Matafraim never makes such a distinction about which Psukim are said out loud and which Psukim are made quietly. Therefore, the assumption would be that this is a relatively new development. Again, if we're going to put it into historical terms, there will be some time in the late 1800s, early 1900s in Hungary, some reason they switched the meaning and started saying this pasuk, Yehila Ratzoin, quietly.